Welcome to Cavo Podcast Workplace for Virtual Organizations. The international design firm Perkins and Will recently posted a helpful guide, Roadmap for Return, Guidance for Return to the Office during COVID-19. Inside, I found lots of great tips and a framework to help companies map out the phases for welcoming employees to offices and remote work programs. Lisa Poole, Principal for Workplace Planning and Strategies in Perkins and Will's Minneapolis office, joins us today to shed light on the important topic of workplaces for virtual organizations. I'm excited to hear from Lisa, the firm-wide leader of workplace strategy and an expert in change management. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Erin. Happy to be here. It's great to have you here. This is an incredible, timely topic uh, throughout the country and throughout the world as uh, people uh, figure out how they can work safely together in person again. So our listeners would love to know what you think about the changing workplace for virtual and hybrid teams as an expert in this area. Please tell us about your role and your work. How do you help virtual organizations? So um, as the leader of our practice across the firm, um, I support all the workplace strategy and change management experts across the firm. And, you know, I really help us to stay connected, to share knowledge and resources, and I help to grow the practice. Um, But as a practitioner, um, I work with clients in Minneapolis and all over the country to use a human-centered, data-driven approach um, to help them create strategies for the workplace where employees and companies can thrive. You know, these clients can range anywhere from um, private uh, corporations, Fortune 100s, 500s, to both, you know, more increasingly recently, public sector clients, healthcare and academic health institutions. And, you know, what we're finding that they all have in common is this growth of distributed work, of virtual and remote work, you know, with the emergences of supporting technologies and a desire for having more choice and autonomy and how we all want to work and where we want to work. And, you know, this has had a lot of impact on the decisions that they have and how they should design their workplace environment and how they can support their culture. And so what we do working with them is to help kind of find and define the balance Uh, to support those work activities and the people through the creation of planning principles. We help develop the right space types. And um, and then we help them to support them with education on how to effectively use the workplace through change management strategies. So that sounds like an amazing breadth of work. And you probably have developed some amazing tools and tactics that uh, would benefit listeners. Uh, I would encourage people to uh, check into that guide. We'll try to post a link uh, along with this podcast. But um, as organizations struggle to support and to find the new normal, as you just pointed out, uh, whatever that will be, uh, what needs and challenges do you see facing companies uh, in trying to get the workplaces to suit these teams and these um, timings for people coming together? the return of their employees? Well, you know, it's interesting because today, presently, and, you know, I've spoken to a lot of clients as we've talked through the roadmap um, together, and I'm hearing stories of how they're doing um, and how they're preparing for their employees to come back. And so most of the clients I've been speaking with are still having most of their employees stay home through the remainder of the year or until a vaccine's available, which could be sometime in 2021. 
Um, here in the state of Minnesota, our governor has told us that, you know, if your job can be done from home, then you must stay home. And he's used those words must. And a lot of organizations here in this area are really following that directive. And I'm hearing that from clients across the country as well. And so for those that are uh, going into the office, um, our clients are following much of the guidance and the roadmap. Employees are setting up their offices for social as, or as we like to call it, physical distancing. Um, with signage to remind everyone of the new restrictions and protocols. Um, companies like ours as well at Perkins & Will are putting in um, either self-screening apps or putting in screening technologies so that people are screened before they come into the workplace and masks must be worn. And the average office, after you put all these measures into place, yields about 50% capacity. Um, but I'll tell you, with even these measures, very few are coming back with even more than 25%. So, you know, it's very, it's a very different world in the office uh, today. Um, and so what's interesting is prior to the vaccine, um, many of the leaders of teams that I would speak with really resisted allowing their employees to work from home. They really didn't believe that their jobs could be done effectively, that they needed to all be together. Um, and so now they're they're changing their tune. You know, this forced work from home experiment has really accelerated trends that we were already seeing and discussing prior to the pandemic. And many of these leaders that I talked to admit I was wrong. I have changed my tune. And some companies that I've spoken to and leaders are suggesting never bringing them back to work or they're looking at major real estate reductions and establishing long-term commitments to telecommuting. We're seeing this on the West Coast with Twitter and Facebook and other companies that are telling their employees that they can work from home um, forever. You know, I, I kind of think in my opinion, it's a little too soon to make such long-term important decisions like that. I mean, it's only been four months and uh, employees are by and large uh, enjoying working from home and productivity is in some cases up, but I think what we hear a lot is productivity has not gone down. And so they're saying, well, why do we need an office? However, I think we need to keep checking this um, through surveys. Um, we need to find out, is this work at home fatigue gonna start to set in? Are we gonna start to see more cases of sort of digital isolation? Um, and, you know, we need to understand and learn from many of the surveys, including the one that we did for our own firm, is, you know, how is the social side of work? I mean, what we learned when we did our own survey is that um, younger people were struggling and the work, uh, the, the things that people miss most about the workplace was that social side of work and that culture was suffering. And, uh, you know, especially for young people, for them, the office is really a place you know, to make social connections, to build relationships, receive mentorship, to learn and to grow their professional careers. So I guess all this, you know, this doesn't mean that we should go back to the old normal either. You know, one of my clients the other day told me that, um, you know, in his opinion, the toothpaste has been let out of the tube and you can't put it back in. Employees have had a taste of the benefits of working from home, of missing the commute, and they're not going to want to give that up, even if it's just part time on their terms. So what I really believe is that there's going to be this hybrid world for work from home, for the right tasks, and the office for cultural and social immersions and connections. So I think you asked me what, what will uh, employers need to think about to help support bringing people back into the office. They're going to be challenged in understanding, like, what's the right blend? How often will people come back to the work? 
in the into the office and what is the role of the office going to be you know how much space will they need you know if more people continue to work from home can they still expect an assigned seat in the office um, are people going to you know resist sharing a desk these are all the issues that are going to need to be faced and discussed and change management is really going to help them to support whatever decisions they've made leaders and teams are going to have to adopt new protocols and behaviors to support hybrid workplace of both in-person and virtual teams. And many organizations, particularly those in the tech industry, they've really done this well. And these best practices, we're just gonna to need to adopt and learn from them and uh, across many different types of departments. You know, also employees are gonna spend more time at home. Employers are gonna face decisions about providing ergonomic work settings in the home environment. I'm already seeing this happening now in many organizations where companies are providing stipends to be able to make sure that they have the right chair and the right work setting in their home environment. Um, they're also gonna be thinking about like more um, architectural elements like enhancements in their air ventilation systems to curb the spread of airborne diseases and implement new hygiene and cleaning programs as people are really becoming hypervigilant and aware of what the impact of working together in an enclosed space has on their health. We're probably going to see, you know, some consideration around sensor-free technologies and smart building systems that are going to provide, you know, further safety and comfort in the office. Um, other things that employers will want to really consider and think about is where to locate their offices. Should they be in the cities and the suburbs? We're hearing a lot about this idea of a hub and spoke model. Employees are going to want to stay closer to home and resist those long commutes, uh, especially using mass transit. Um, many have said that this could potentially result in a greater distribution of workplaces away from and, and a move away from those larger consolidated sort of central headquarters uh, models. Lots to think about. You raised some great points, and I love that image of the toothpaste um, that we can't put it back in the tube. I think people have realized that there are valid choices and we've seen that we can be productive in a number of different work modes. So, um, and you, you also brought up a couple of issues that I think are particularly um, important for virtual organizations, uh, namely the idea that we need to figure out a way to replicate the social connections that we have had through um, being in offices together. And uh, there are ways that uh, people have experimented with online. And some of our previous podcasts, I think, will will uh, handle some of those important questions with some creative suggestions. And, um, and I think you touched on another really interesting point, which is seeing the office as not just this footprint in an urban uh, high rise, but also something more malleable that extends to the home, uh, wherever the person is, even if they're you know, commuting, perhaps using their phone to tap in uh, to a meeting. So uh, given all the changes that we're hearing about both school, academic and office settings, what do you think the um, people should keep in mind, uh, our listeners who might be able to make these changes and control their own facilities, maybe for small or large companies now or in the future, what should they keep in mind as they reconfigure their spaces for hybrid or virtual teams? Yeah, no, those are great questions. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, there was a lot of focus on activity-based design, which was aimed at supporting a range of activities uh, and work styles for knowledge workers. Um, and we all know about the open office backlash of a noisy and distracting workplace. Well, you know, when we worked with our clients, our, our, our solving that was really about providing the right mix of space types 
proper zoning and planning and areas to support heads down distraction free work. Well, now you fast forward to today. The home office has become this focus zone in the workplace and everyone is really paying attention. So uh, now that the home office is just another work setting in the workplace playbook for managers of office space, many of those rows and rows of desks and cubicles can be reduced and reallocated to spaces for people to come together. So sure, we're still going to need spaces for that individual work in the office when you're there in between meetings and gatherings, but overall the percentage is likely going to change. Um, and then as I mentioned earlier, for, um, for virtual teams, we need to think about making sure that they're well supported with the proper work environment so ergonomics doesn't become an issue for them as well. Um, and so now as we see all this changing, it's really important for um, companies to better understand what the role of the physical office is and the type of activities that need to be supported in this office. And again, the way we can do this is by surveying employees to better understand how working from home has impacted them, specifically along the different tasks that they're, they're doing in their workday. Uh, we did this for our own employees um, at Perkins and & Will, and, and what we learned, like we see in many of the surveys that have been done, is that tasks like reading, writing, and computational work effectiveness have improved, and people are really enjoying the ability to sort of personalize their home space and set it up to do those activities. But what suffered is, are those creative activities and tasks that have been more challenging uh, along with socializing and collaborating with others. And so one of the things we're doing for our own office at Perkins and Will as we consider our, um, how do we use, and we call them studios, how do we use our studios at Perkins and Will during this time is really creating them as a, um, in Minneapolis, as a, a resource center for folks to go into and use on an as needed basis to do those activities they cannot do at home. And so uh, as long as we um, keep all the health protocols in place and we don't go over the maximum capacity we've uh, devised for that particular uh, studio, that people can go in and do those activities in the office when they need to. Um, you know, but one of the other things that we need to do is consider how to design the space uh, to support increased virtual collaboration with remote team members while in the office. So even down into the future, we really see again this hybrid world of uh, your team is, they may be working from home or in the office. And it's maybe not gonna always be predictable. It's just gonna be a fluid expectation that this will, what may happen. And so we need to think about acoustics and technology and consider that and how we design the space to support it. There'll be a lot more video conferencing at the desktop, whether it's at an individual desk or in meeting rooms. And you know, behaviors and protocols around how to make sure that everyone is present and included in that process, whether they're physically in the room or, or working from home and calling in. Um, technology can also play a role with smart building tools to help schedule, for employees to help schedule their time in the office and find teammates. This is also going to help managers of space who will track utilization and be able to manage and adjust their space and changing use uh, behaviors over time. Um, so there's a, there's a book called Gen Z at Work that was written by David and Jonah Stillman, and they coined a term in that book, uh, fidgetal. I don't know if you've heard that term, but it's this blend and this mix of physical and digital. 
and this expectation for that generation that they're really one and the same. And so, you know, what I see is that this is really going to be fidgetal and one and the same for all of us. And we definitely have to design our spaces to support that. Well, I love that term. And we'll see if we can provide a link or a citation with the podcast for the readers to follow up. And uh, when you were describing these um, hybrid spaces, it really made me think of a Montessori uh, educational environment. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but where there's a lot of flexibility for uh, children of different ages to work together on teams. Uh, and I know that some of the uh, high-tech companies have created spaces like that to encourage creativity and innovation. And uh, so that's a wonderful idea that there would be this image of a kind of digital Montessori where the workplace uh, of the future could uh, really help people develop the most powerful ideas and implement them. So maybe we could just end on some uh, suggestions or visions that you would like to see for the workplace in the future, especially given your human-centered focus on strategy. You know, what uh, might you throw out there as um, thought experiments for us to take away, say, 10 or 20 or however many years into the future you want to go? Great. Wow. That is, uh, let me get my crystal ball out. <laughs> that really is the billion dollar question, isn't it? And one that so many of our clients are asking us about today. Um, you know, but the, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And as such, we are social beings. Um, after the Spanish flu pandemic, we had the roaring 20s. You know, we started hugging and shaking hands again, dancing and laughing together. And I really believe we will again, and people will want to work together to build relationships, to innovate and create. But I also believe as humans, we also crave autonomy and choice to work where we want and when we want. And so my hope um, is really that the workplace of the future can afford both. Um, the opportunity to work at home, if that's where you can be the most effective, and the opportunity to have a place where you can go when you need to, where you want to collaborate and be with your colleagues, uh, to be together, where being together is really more effective than being apart, where you can be inspired by your workplace, by your colleagues, and by your culture, and where you can learn from others and grow. I think, you know, it's not binary. It's not one or the other. You know, I truly hope and believe that it can be both. The workplace of the future can also perhaps be one where, you know, your success is measured on your results and not your presence in any one particular place. And perhaps, you know, perhaps even where that traditional eight to five Monday through Friday work week becomes a thing of the past. Lisa Poole, Principal for Workplace Planning and Strategies in Perkins and Will, I want to thank you so much for that uh, wonderful vision of the future and for all these great tips for our listeners to think about as uh, we all navigate the uh, world of work, both virtual and digital in the future. Uh, really appreciate your insights. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Erin. Happy to be here. It was a great conversation. 